welcome, 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 welcome. I always wonder about how many times I should say that at the beginning, but welcome, we'll do it one more. My name is Pete Morgan, this is the Puppy Podcast. It's a podcast where I talk about the lives of our two dogs, five-year-old Lincoln and 20-month-old Elvis. We do talk about Elvis more because he is the young dog puppy that is mentioned in the title of the podcast. Um... We talk about what it's like to have a, a, a puppy or a young dog in the house and also to have a second dog. And it's where you can come as well as a puppy lover, a prospective puppy owner, a dog lover, dog appreciator. Share your experiences, your trials, tribulations, swings, roundabouts, ups and downs, pleasures and pains in the idea that we're all going to become better puppy and dog owners. So if you've got a question uh, about your prospective puppy or your puppy or your dog and you think that the Puppy Podcast family, which is a growing number uh, and also incredibly helpful as well as a few people can uh, attest to, uh, you can get in touch with the Puppy Podcast on Facebook at the Puppy Podcast page, on Instagram at the Puppy Podcast, on Twitter at Puppy Podcast. Or you can always email thepoppypodcast at gmail.com. You can also listen back to any one of the 70-odd episodes that we've got by going to the website, uh, thepoppypodcast.com. If you're joining us for the very first time, thank you so much. If you've found us on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play uh, or Google Podcasts, uh, please leave a review. It really means a lot, and it basically makes us easier to find. So the more reviews and the more um, five-star ratings uh, that we get, then we both get bumped up the search results, basically. So if someone looks for Puppy, the Puppy podcast is going to come near at the top. However you're listening to us, and I, I hope you are having a good time with your furry babies at the moment. Uh, maybe uh, you're out playing with them. Maybe you're on the way to the beach to go walking with them. Maybe you've just come back from your walk. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, hello, welcome along, and thank you very much for choosing the Puppy Podcast. So, the other day, um, I spoke to a guy called Rob, uh, and he got in touch on Twitter, and he has got a company called Pet Waiter, uh, which is spelled W-E-I-G-H-T-E-R. So, I thought we could get Rob on, and he could tell us about the company, because they're a very new company, it's very a, a small company, but they do something that I think can benefit us all. So, I spoke to Rob the other day. So, uh, so Pet Waiter is a, uh, a two-piece basin bowl fit feeding solution. It's um, essentially a base that you can fill with sand and water uh, that will weigh uh, over 10 kg. Uh, and then a bowl that you can clip onto the top of that that will lock firmly into place. And the bowl will sit uh, either locked or in the unlocked position, depending on which angle you have it. Uh, and the idea, of course, is that uh, when it's locked on, no dog or uh, large dog, small dog, etc., can throw the content of that bowl across the room. Uh, so we use the strap line, no more socky socks, no more moving meals. <laughs> and uh, And it really works. <laughs> I've, got, I've got I've got to ask Rob because I'm I'm guessing there must be 
What's the story behind this? What what was the situation that made you think, you know what we're missing here? You know what isn't on the market? <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, it's, it's really strange. So as as a youngster growing up, I, I had dogs who, who did exactly that, who would throw their water across the room. And every evening when you got home from, from work, uh, there's a, a puddle full of water on the uh, on the kitchen floor. And... Uh, that that became quite frustrating, but nothing existed at that time. You just had a, a small a small bowl that was very lightweight. Actually, what happened uh, the last few years is my mother-in-law's dog uh, got diabetes, and uh, he had to have water, constant access to water. And they couldn't find something that gave him that. They tried all sorts of things, uh, even water fountains and things, but he just didn't take to them. Yeah. So I, I was asked to make something, actually. I, I, uh, I quite like to make things. And uh, I was asked to make a contraption, so I did. I made this big box filled with concrete, made a trap to put his normal bowl in there so that he couldn't uh, he couldn't access it and was sort of cut out on the top. It was quite an ugly thing, I have to say, but, but it worked. <laughs> and uh, one Christmas, I was sort of sat there in my office pondering this thing that I designed and and, uh, and delivered to my mother-in-law, which, of course, got me some brownie points. Um, and I thought, well, let's see if, it, it, you know, we can make something of it and, and help other people. And not just from a health perspective, of course, but for, for the reason I mentioned earlier, you know, it, it, your bowls just don't get thrown around the room. And yeah. uh, I have to say, you know, it's been really, really well received. Yeah. Um, we're really, really appreciative that we've had some, so many fantastic reviews and like comments like boss, best bowl ever and things like that really make it worthwhile. <laughs> That's nice. Because uh, what I'm always interested with any kind of um, development of a of a product, how how long did it take between you making that thing for your mother-in-law and it kind of the finished product getting to market? Because you can't just go, yeah, just stick that on that. It's fine. There you go. It's done. Crack on. Yeah, I'm guessing there's going to be development yeah. and stuff. Absolutely. So there's a, it's, it's a lengthy process, and uh, you know it, it depends whether you just want to go and uh, make something, uh, have it produced and bring it, or whether you want to uh, in, embark on some legal protection, which which I did. So um, I think all in all, it took me about 15, 16 months from the point of having this uh, delivery to my mother-in-law to actually getting something that I would be happy with to bring on the market. And, and that involves prototyping, you know, making things, cardboard designs, all that kind of thing. Um, and even at that stage, you still have to embark on the legal journey as well. So whilst you try and do that in parallel, uh, it's not always easy until you've got that finished article. Yeah. So um, I would say it probably took me a couple of years in reality uh, to get to, you know, to get it fully to market from that, uh, that point. Yeah. I mean, because one of the we got, as you know, we you know two labs. This is the kind yeah. of thing that they would absolutely benefit from. And I, I just want to say yeah. as well, while we're recording this, this isn't an endorsement, Rob. You've not paid me to sure. say anything. I'm looking yeah. at the product and thinking, yeah, yeah, this is something. But there's something on the website which um, I, I wonder if you can just talk a little bit about because one of Elvis's yeah. things is he's a gobbler he if you put food down you've probably yeah. got about 15 seconds and the risk of losing a finger before it's just gone yeah sure and so sure. we've uh, some time ago we made the decision we were going to 
get him a slow feeder. Um, mm-hmm. But what the problem happens with that is obviously there's nooks and crannies, and I mean you're constantly washing this thing. But I yeah, noticed there's something of you've got an anti-gulp bowl. Tell, just tell us so about that. Well, so we're we're uh, we're launching the anti-gulp version, uh, which will be a bowl that clips onto the base that you, you've already got. So it'll be very very similar to the slow feeding type device that mm. you're talking about, but it'll be a solution that not only uh, will slow them down from from the perspective of getting their their mouth and their tongue into into the bowl, but of course it won't move around. So it'll be the best of both worlds to that end. Mm. That's and, um, that probably come to market early next year. Oh, well, fantastic. Um, early 2019, really, not that long to wait. Um, and no, ob- absolutely. obviously we've got um, a lot of people who are listening in America. Are we global at Pet Waiter yet, or is that is that something that we're expecting to happen soon? Sure. So we're currently selling in Europe. Um, so online into Europe and through uh, some select uh, independent retailers. Um, we are planning to launch into the US market in early October. Right. Uh, and again, that'll be uh, pr- primarily that'll be online through Amazon. Uh, although we are looking for uh, for some uh, some pet retailing partners out there in the states. So uh, that's a really exciting time for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um... You were saying this kind of started when, was it you were looking after your mother-in-law's dog? Is that right? No, no. So we, we look after uh, my sister-in-law's dog. Sister-in-law. Uh, um, yeah, so he's a, a, a big, boisterous uh, chocolate Labrador and uh, <laughs> <laughs> suffers suffers with the same uh, problem by the sounds of it yours do. And he yep. uh, throws his food and throws his water. So uh, he has a couple of these bowls in in his house and we have uh, a couple in reserve when he comes to stay with us as well um but it was it was my mother-in-law's dog we don't we don't tend to have uh, him because he, he has a number of sort of medical needs with his diabetes and things oh. that, that they're better trained and better suited to than we are but uh, but yeah it was really with with charlie who's my mother-in-law's dog right start. and so does that mean you're i mean clearly you are a doggy person but you, you've not got a, a, a dog yourself no, I don't have a dog uh, myself. Uh, only reason being that I've got two very young children, so we right. wanted to uh, have have the children and then and then have a, a family dog once they were able to sort of not aggravate it too much, so that it, you know we could we could make sure it was safe enough for them. Yeah. Um, but no, absolutely, I'm a doggy person. I, I love dogs, and uh, having grown up with dogs, uh, actually, I, I'm always badgering my wife to. Uh, to, to let us have a dog, and hence we we have quite a quite a number of dogs on loan to us during the during these uh, school holidays, as you can imagine. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> just becoming like a dog hotel. Yeah, come on. Yeah, that's just absolutely by the sound of it. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. But then again, as well, we yeah. we were talking about this the other day, and I don't know if this is the case elsewhere, but in the UK, it used to be. You know, when you got up in the morning, you'd open the front door and let the dog out, and then that'd be it. You just wouldn't see the dog for the rest of the day. It might come home, you know, for tea time. And (laughs) it it seems uh, just uh, abhorrent to me now to just let the dogs, yeah, go on, crack on, just, you know, amuse yourself and come back at tea time, (laughs) which is great. Yeah, Um, 
I don't think we'd get away with that these days. No, I don't think we would at all. Um, (laughs) If people want to find out more about Pet Waiter, um, how can they find you, website, social media, where can we... Where can we get in touch with you, Rob? Yeah, sure. So um, we've got uh, facebook.com, uh, also Pet Waiter. And uh, Pet Waiter, for, for everyone's knowledge, is spelled Pet, P-E-T, Waiter, W-E-I-G-H-T-E-R. So kind of a play on words that it's a, a bowl that serves you as a waiter might, uh, but also heavyweight, so it's not moving anywhere. Nice. Um, you can find us at our website, petwaiter.com. Uh, and of course, uh, product is available on uh, on Amazon.co.uk, uh, Amazon.com, uh, and in all respective uh, European countries as well. Right. How pleased were you when you came up with the name Pet Waiter and that play on words? Absolutely, I was delighted. Actually, I, it was uh, through a conversation with my friend, and I can't claim all uh, all creativity myself. There was some some debate with some friends as to how we what do we call this thing? You know, how do we um, how do we give it something that is snappy enough? And uh, oh, we're really, really pleased with it, you know. And actually, not just the name, but we're we're really, really pleased that people have been so receptive to the to the product, you know. I and mean, we we set out to bring it, you know, not for commercial reasons. Actually, uh, we set out to bring it for for reasons of, you know, as I explained, Charlie, you know, his, mm. his health challenges. So it's it's really nice that we can. Uh, bring bring the product for people who've got you know dogs with arthritic needs, for example, as well, and you know lots of really nice comments from people whose who dogs you know, struggle to bend down, but also those who just don't want a, a messy floor anymore. So yeah. uh, oh, we're really really pleased. We're so pleased. Good. I'm glad. Yeah, because both of ours, uh, if the water bowl is on the floor, as in right on the floor, they will lie down to drink out of it. And clearly, it's really, comfortable yeah. for them to to bend down to a bowl that's yeah. you know that, that's on the floor. Well, listen, Rob, I really yeah. appreciate you kind of coming on and, and telling us uh, a little bit no, um, cool. out in America no, uh, later on this year. And um, as and when you do get a dog, by all means, get in touch and let's have you back on and we can talk about your new uh, your new dog. Fantastic. I hope that'll be soon. But you, you have to speak to my wife on that one. <laughs> As he says, you can find them online, uh, thepetwaiter.co.uk. And again, I just want to reiterate that, you know, I wasn't paid any money to do that. I just like this idea of it's a small company. They're just starting out. They're just trying to gain some traction. And I, I thought, you know, it was a decent platform to... Get him to talk about what it is that he does, which is good. Um, quick mention for something that we're doing on Facebook. Uh, if you search for Floss and Merlin's online shows, it's an online dog show. Um, actually, I mean, it's a pet show because they do other, other animals, but predominantly dogs. Floss and Merlin's online shows. Uh, the Puppy Podcast has sponsored two categories in uh, their uh, dog show which I think uh, entrants are open till about November Uh, so we've sponsored two categories funniest photo and double trouble and as far as I'm aware it is global so no matter where you're listening you can take part as well Elvis entered last year and won uh, his category for cutest dog uh, of course um, so yes, funniest photo, double trouble on Floss and Merlin's online shows on Facebook. The Puppy Podcast is sponsoring them. So then, Elvis. Well, the first news is the cone is off. 
Uh, the cone is off and the recovery is pretty much complete. He's kind of had the sign off from the vets. Uh, we went, my goodness, when was it? Was it a week ago? Over a week ago? Yes, it was. It was over a week ago uh, that we took him and uh, he, yeah, because it was a Monday morning. So I'm recording this Friday morning. It was a week last Monday. And uh, we uh, took him and he kind of got the all clear. They, they were happy with kind of the, the scar and they were happy with how it all looks. And um, yeah, so they were, you know, over the moon with that. Um, he, <laughs> as you know, he'd had the cone on. And on the Sunday, so we'd basically strapped this cone to him because he could get it off. So we'd put the cone on him and then we kind of lash the cone to his collar um, using either uh, soft cable ties, which I used, bandages, which we used at another time. And on Sunday, he, he managed to get it off three times. And the last time was about five o'clock, six o'clock in the evening. And I said, you know what, let's just leave it. Just Let's just take it off now, because we were supposed to, when we went to the vets on Monday morning, he was supposed to still be wearing the cone. And it was like, do you know, no, I think we just, just leave, because it's clearly bothering him. He clearly wants to um, just feel a little bit of freedom. And he did, my goodness, <laughs> I wish I filmed it. But he basically, we took the cone off, and for the next... For oh, 10, 15, 20 minutes, he was just rolling around on the lawn at the back, clearly having this thing on it because it was on him 24 seven, uh, had bothered him. And he was just rolling around and rubbing his neck and rolling and rolling, just kind of all oh, the freedom. And oh, I can actually kind of scratch this bit of my face now because he'd been trying to kind of scratch his ears and we were trying to do it for him. So, you know, he'd be kind of um, scratching his ear, but obviously scratching the cone. So you're just getting a noise. So in the end, Joe and myself kind of going, come here and putting our hand in the cone and we were scratching his ear or scratching his chin um, instead. But... The cone is off now, and as I say, it's been uh, it's been off uh, a couple of weeks. And as far as the vet is concerned, the recovery is complete. And I just want to give a, a shout out to Stuart and Penny um, at our local vets. I mean, they are tremendous vets anyway, um, but uh, they just were brilliant, and they really helped us because. As I, I think I said in the last episode, we we, we were nervous. We because this is these are our children. These are our, you know, our babies. And for one of them to go and have an operation is disconcerting. It uh, you know it is anxiety inducing. So they were brilliant and really kind of and they must you know they must see it so many times a day and they must really kind of want to shake people and go. Just calm down. It's a really standard, basic procedure. But uh, they were great, and they held our hand uh, metaphorically and kind of guided us through it, and they were just superb. So, um, so yeah, so he's kind of all done now with that. There's no more tablets. Obviously, the cone's off, and he's had, you know, there's no more vet appointments for Elvis. So the next step is doggy daycare. He goes for his induction 
tomorrow, so Saturday morning, and they generally do it Saturday because they're a little bit quieter. Um, so he's in tomorrow morning at um, half ten. And the, what we're going to start doing is basically putting him in daycare one day a week. And um, the reason is uh, just because... I, I want him to immerse him in this socialization of being with other dogs and seeing other dogs and realizing that, you know, you, you can't play with all of them, but you can see some and you can be friends with them. And just, you know, if we take him out for a walk down into the town, it doesn't become some kind of barking contest because he wants to get at every dog. And again, as I've said, he's not aggressive when he barks. He's just barking because he wants to play. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to take him uh, to that tomorrow. So I will, uh, I'll try and take some pictures. I'm not sure what they like about pictures because obviously there's other people's dogs and they might be a bit funny about people taking photos of their dogs. Um, but I'll try and take some photos uh, and I'll get them up on social media, uh, this week. The big question we had, and I've already had a couple of people message me about this is, has his behavior changed? And we'll talk about that. Uh, a little bit later on in the episode, because it is time now for Dog News. And uh, we start with Battersea, Battersea Dogs and Cats Home, who we mentioned on the podcast um, in the last episode or the previous episode uh, about a, uh, a puppy being dropped off mere hours after it had been bought off the Internet. Um, but they it, it was a press release of theirs that I was reading the other day. And it's not about Battersea. It's actually about the government in the UK. They have um, revealed a plan uh, to increase the maximum sentence for animal abusers, which is fantastic. So currently, the maximum sentence for animal cruelty in England and Wales is the lowest in Europe. Uh, it's just six months. So, you know, the, the, no matter what you did to an animal, no matter what you did, the most you're going to get is six months Hopefully that's going to change because the UK government uh, is uh, legislating um, or confirmed that it will legislate to raise that to five years, which I think is is fantastic. And obviously that's for the most serious offences. But hey, hopefully it will act as a deterrent uh, to uh, those people who think that it's funny to abuse animals or, you know, think that it's not just dogs. But, you know, tying fireworks to the tails of cats and to horrendous, horrendous things that people do to animals because they think it's humorous or because they think it's going to impress somebody. So that is great news. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll keep you up to date with that as and when that legislation goes through. But as you will know, for anything politically minded... Um, it, it's never something that happens in weeks. It's months uh, before anything actually gets done. But that is certainly welcome news that the UK government are moving on to that. Uh, and the other story in this week's dark news. This is kids. Uh, this is comes from the Missouri, um, the Humane Society of Missouri. Uh, there are kids going to uh, shelters, dog shelters, and reading to the dogs. And what's happening is it's helping the dogs get adopted, which is incredible. Um, so since these kids started 
reading to these dogs and they can do it seven days a week. They do it about 15 minutes at a time, but it has reduced the average amount of time that a dog spends in the shelter to just six days. And the idea of what they're saying is, is that it relaxes the dog. Uh, it gets the dog used to people speaking to them, uh, gets them um, a little bit more, you know, a little bit calmer uh, and, and helps um, them just as much as dogs help us, which I, th- I just think it's such a wonderful Wonderful story. These kids get to work on their reading, which is brilliant. Um, and they can, so the kids come in and they, they do 15 minutes. So just 15 minutes per animal, but they can spend up to three hours in there, uh, and, and reading to, to different animals. And it helps what the Humane Society of Missouri have been saying is it helps the dogs feel more comfortable and get used to their surroundings. It's brilliant. It, it, bravo. Bravo, I say. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there's only me because I'd like that to be a, a larger round of applause. But I'd like to think you're all clapping as well. Uh, so that is this week's dog news, um, which, uh, yeah, is absolutely, uh, absolutely tremendous. Don't forget, as always, you can get in touch with the Puppy Podcast about anything uh, that you've seen. Thank you very much to the uh, large number of people who got in touch uh, to tell me the, about the thing on Instagram of uh, there being an ice cream for dogs uh, that's out there, which is incredible. Uh, so, yeah, anything you see that would fit in dog news or anything just to talk about, uh, then you can get in touch with the Poppy podcast. Also, anything we've talked about in previous episodes about, you know, should you have your dog in the bed? Um, what's the best fictional dog? Uh, where is a good holiday destination for dogs? Where have you been a good hotel? And it doesn't matter where it is in the world, uh, because there's going to be somebody listening who can make use of that information. Um, the, the best tip you've heard about looking after your dogs, different toys, whatever, you can get in touch with us. So, back to Elvis. So it's four weeks since his operation, the cone is off. We took him out. So he had the op on the Friday. And we took him out on the Sunday um, for a, a walk. And we walked him down. And it was an absolute nightmare uh, walking him down. Um and we were thinking, okay, this is a heck of a lot of money that's just been chucked down the drain because he's not changed at all. He's exactly the same as he was, still as boisterous and jumpy and yampy and, you know, barking and all of that, everything that made taking him for a walk such a difficult process, all of that was still there. And then I met somebody through my business, actually. I was at a, a networking meeting. And in fact, we're going to try and get a, this lady on the uh, on the show in the next few weeks. And it was her that was saying, you know, it's going to take a while for him to, to calm down. So we're four weeks out now. I saw the vet yesterday for Lincoln, because Lincoln's been poorly as well. Um, and the vet said, yeah, about eight weeks to get all the testosterone out of his blood. Uh, and then it'll, you know, you'll definitely start to see an improvement. We already are seeing an improvement. We're already seeing 
a definite change in his behaviour. He is um, a little calmer when we've got people coming to visit. You know, he gets excited now, but nowhere near as much jumping up. I mean, nowhere near, noticeably lower amount of jumping up. Um, he's a little less destructive. So if we kind of go out for any length of time, um, we'll come back and sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll find he's kind of ripped his blanket up or, uh, if the postman has been and not put the post where he's supposed to put the post, but posted it through the door. Um, you know, there was a time when Elvis would have got hold of it and that would have just been confetti, uh, all over the hall. There's not that uh, anymore. He really has changed. We've taken him for a couple of walks and it's been really nice. It's been a pleasure to kind of have him on the lead and it's been lovely to, to walk him. Lincoln's an absolute doddle. I mean, I took him, I walked him down to the vets. I mean, the vet's about a 10 minute walk from here. So I walked him down to the vets yesterday and then walked round and had a, a meeting in, in town, a little kind of cafe place and then walked him home and he was an absolute dream. The lead was slack for 90% of the walk. And he was just poddling along. He was, you know, having a whale of a time. Uh, Elvis isn't quite there yet. There's still tension in the lead, you know, sometimes. But he's much, much calmer and much more, um, you know, uh, ready to heal and hang back. And one of the thing, the other things that the vet was saying is with the lowering of the testosterone, that's going to make training him much, much better as well. So I'll, I'll keep you up to date with that. But I'm so pleased. And with with him going to daycare as well, and we're starting him off on one day a week, but I, I'm potentially going to go up to two days a week just because he, he has so much energy and this is going to be the perfect place. to. I mean, this is on top of us walking him as well. Um, but I'm tending to walk him, do street walks with him. And then at the weekend, we do the big kind of park runs. Um, I just think doggy daycare is going to help him with his energy levels as well as his socialization as well. There is always, <laughs> there's always when one problem goes, another one arises. He started doing this thing where he's licking his paws. I mean, a lot. And it doesn't matter. It's all four of them. And I've looked. I, so I looked. The first thing I did was look on the Internet. And they, that, that seemed to say, OK, it's boredom. But he's not bored. You know, we we. So after recording this, I'm spending some time with him and we're playing. And, we, you know, we try and make sure that there's an interaction on a regular basis. Um. And then, of course, there's the, well, there's, there's, there's a problem then. He, you know, he's injured himself in some way. But I've had the pause and I've not liked doing it, but you try and kind of squeeze them or put your finger where he's been licking or try, you know, to see if he helps, to see if he is trying to make something feel better. And he's not. There's no flinching, pulling, whining, yelping, nothing. He's just looking at you like, what are you doing with my paw? So I don't know if anyone's got any suggestions as to why he might be 
just this obsessive licking of his paws, uh, then I, I would be over the moon if you could help us out uh, with that. And uh, I will keep you up to date, uh, and I'll probably post that as well on social media to see if other people uh, want to get involved. Uh, you can get involved, of course, with the podcast. Uh, if you go to the Facebook page, The Puppy Podcast, we are on Twitter, at Puppy Podcast. We're on Instagram, at The Puppy Podcast. Or you can always email thepuppypodcast at gmail.com or... Go to the website. You can troll through any one of the previous 70-odd episodes. What's this? Episode 72. So there's, you know, 71, 72 episodes uh, to go through there. You can subscribe to the Puppy Podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, and all good podcast apps. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Uh, It really does mean an awful lot, even now, after... What, 19 months, 20 months now uh, that we've been uh, doing this? It's probably about 19 months. It really does. It still means an incredible amount that you are listening and tuning in and responding to the things that we're talking about. Uh, This has been a Monkey Pants production, and I'll see you and your furry babies next time. 